podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool. Recorded the night before a day on which Liverpool take on Real Madrid in the Champions League. And it's all looking a little bit grim, folks, with recent fresh injury news which broke last night as you're listening to this about Stefan Bacetic, who is now unavailable for selection with an adductor injury. Kloppo's words on the subject, not that encouraging either. He said, with Stefan, it's a stress response, which is absolutely bad. So he doesn't feel a lot. It's only a little bit, but he is now out for, I don't know exactly how long. We have just to let it settle. And then we can see when he can come back. Yikes. So with the news that the captain is out ill as well, that is a very, very restricted midfield pool from which the manager has to pick with the likelihood of it being Fabinho plus two from Milner, Keita and Harvey Elliott. And I don't think anyone would consider that optimal uh, in any way, shape or form. So yeah, that's the downbeat note on which we begin the day, but it's also, you know, the most relevant uh, news to you if you're just tuning in uh, in terms of what to expect from the lineup later on this evening. Yeah, it's a pity. It's a real shame that um, clearly uh, Bacetic is a player of uh, some importance to us at the moment. It's ludicrous. Let's just call a spade a spade that he is, but he is. And uh, to lose him as well does have a little bit, leave one with a little bit of a sinking feeling, to say the least. Anyway, we shall try to plough on and find something a little bit more uplifting to talk about, shall we? Um, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Uh, so <laughs> again, <laughs> if you're tuning in, uh, hoping for that, let's just see what the websites give us, shall we? And we'll take it from there. Right. As ever, we'll start with this is Anfield here and they have 10 key things to know ahead of Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Yeah, like we like these types of articles here. This is done by Adam Beatty and he has several different bits and pieces here. So number one, I think the tie is over. <laughs> uh, for a man who speaks often with such a defined tone it was somewhat surprising to hear the manager surprisingly right off Liverpool's chances of a second leg comeback against the hosts uh, I guess that's a, a quote from uh, the boss himself uh, 
Familiar Faces is the next one. This is a fixture we've come to know all too well in recent years, uh, says Adam here, meeting in 2018, 21, 22 and 23. It's also fair to say that we owe them one. Madrid have come away with the spoils on each of these occasions, as well as completing a group stage double over the Reds in the previous meetings in 2014. Uh, You have to go all the way back to a famous occasion in 2009 to find Liverpool's last triumph over Europe's most decorated side. Can I just pause at this stage to say I really, 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 really don't like Real Madrid. This is a personal opinion and therefore uh, not open for debate, so don't at me. I can't stand them. I really cannot stand them. I hate the way they behaved uh, in sound several occasions um, against us specifically. Uh, and I hate the circumstances in which they won the big one against us. Uh, the way they've deported themselves as a club. But it's just a general thing as well. So many of those titles that leave them so far ahead of us in the European rankings, you know, questionable. And yes, they had that wonderful run uh, in recent times, and you, you can't argue with that, really. Uh, Zidane especially hauling them in. And then they've got Carlo, who loves a trophy as well. I guess he makes them slightly more appealing. But uh, yeah, it's a visceral dislike for me, I have to say. Question here, number three, another record for Mo. Mo Salah could become the highest scoring African player in the Champions League history with a goal at Bernabeu. Uh, he's currently tied with Drogba on 44. That's interesting, I guess. Gomez back after injury. Henderson out. We already talked about that. Now we can add Stefan Bacetic to it as well. Finishes junior in devastating form is fact number five. I don't even want to read that. Milita wary of Liverpool threat. Let's see what he's saying. Some people believe this tie is already finished, says Milita. But I am experiencing a big night between the two clubs with the biggest histories in world football. Two of the clubs with the biggest histories in world football. It's certain that Real Madrid have a very big advantage, but still we must wait another 90 minutes and the round is not closed. All right, fair play, Edder. Uh, that's sound. First trip to the Bernabeu since 2014. Can't read that. That is the low, one of the lowest points of my Liverpool supporting history was that night uh, under Brendan. A horror show. The question, can it be done? Liverpool need a victory by four or more goals. This is now into crazy territory. Uh, and I think even the most optimistic of us are feeling, well, Probably the best we can do here is not get too embarrassed and maybe rescue a little bit of pride. I don't think that's too downbeat to say that. If you're out there shouting at your device saying, cop on Trev, it's there, it's only half time and so on. I applaud you and your capacity for positivity. It's inspirational. Apparently, number nine, the man in the middle will be Felix Zweier, who is a guy who's officiated three games in the Champions League this season already, taking charge of the Reds on two occasions, both of which uh, came in games at home to Porto. As where it features most prominently in the Bundesliga, but also has 25 Champions League appearances to his name. We'll definitely be doing a ref watch on uh, Mr. Felix for sure. And then follow all the action with us. That's a bit of a self-serving one for Disney Anfield. We'll leave them at that. What else have they got here? Liverpool lineups versus Real Madrid lineups. You know what? Um, 
this is the question that everybody's going to be talking about today and they're only going to be talking about really in relation to what do we do here do we go with three in the middle where at least one of them won't be a midfielder and one of them might well be a midfielder who's you know not far off my age or or do we go with some really adventurous two-man midfield <laughs> uh, pinning all our hopes on Naby Keita having a world-class performance alongside Fabinho and going with Klobbo's four-man attack. Yeah, it's hard to know what to do there, but I think I probably won't be the only one who would be very wary of allowing that lot to embarrass us in any way, shape or form. Uh, my dislike of them very much extends to not wanting to see them do anything that would embarrass us. I don't know, would we be helping them a little bit if we were to go all out? You know, of course there's a world in which Liverpool can pull off some miracle here and this manager and this group of players and so on and so forth. But as we've clearly found out again at the weekend against Bournemouth, this manager and this group of players currently aren't this manager and this group of players for reasons. I'll leave that to your own speculation. We'll be talking about it at length between now and the end of the year because it is the only story in town that along with what do we do to get this manager and some of these players back to what they were before was we incorporate some or a lot of new players. I think that's pretty much where most of us are, I hope, um, because that's the only thing that makes any sense to me. I'll tell you that for now. Moving on to Liverpool.com that I didn't look at yesterday. And there's an interesting one here. Liverpool makes history as USMNT prospect is unleashed to beat Trent Alexander-Arnold record. And this is in the wake of Liverpool going out of the UEFA Youth League today, uh, yesterday for you. Uh, disappointingly so, because obviously they're a good bunch of young lads but they went out against Sporting uh, yesterday evening. This evening, sorry, I'm getting confused. I'm a time traveler currently doing this podcast. Uh, but the news here is about the young US men's team prospect, Carol Figueroa. He started the year impressing at the under-17 CONCACAF's tournament. He beat uh, Giovanni Reina's US record for goals in the competition to announce his name on the global scene. And back at Liverpool, he returned with a goal on his first under-18 game and also registered an assist. Then earned a call-up to the club's UEFA Youth League squad to play in the quarterfinals of the competition against Sporting. That's the aforementioned game. Initially starting on the bench, Figueroa was thrown on for the last 20 minutes or so with the under-19 side chasing the game. Needing a goal to equalise and stay in the competition immediately, he made an impact harassing Sporting's defenders and going a mazy run which led to Liverpool winning a free kick. Quick and agile Figueroa caused plenty of problems and had been uh, had it not been for a quick dash from the sporting keeper may have even equalised when he was slipped through on goal 
He never gave up, even in the final throws of the game. His clever footwork won Liverpool a corner and one last chance. But in the end, even with the keeper limbering forward, how do you limber forward? Figueroa's efforts were futile in terms of preventing the Reds from crashing out of the tournament. And here's where we get to the trend stuff. Still, just 16 years old, this was not a bad debut performance for Figueroa in the competition. It was also a historic one for Liverpool at just 16 years, 6 months and 14 days. The US prospect became the youngest player to play for Liverpool in the knockout stages of the UEFA Youth League, beating the likes of Trent, Harvey and Curtis Jones to that distinction. And that is, I guess, an upbeat news story. We'll take one of those for sure, because I have a bad feeling in my bones about what the rest of them are going to be like. So do bear with me and we will continue our route, our route around some of the other websites. We'll start now with what we've got on Anfield Index. And obviously the first thing there is the Champions League preview um, at Real versus Liverpool. Obviously that is put together by... Stephen Smith. Um, so that might be one to watch and have a look at. Uh, I'm a bit confused by Stephen's player to watch in that. I'll leave you to read that yourselves. The next one is Dr. Phil Diagnosis. And this is a look back on Bournemouth, uh, which is uh, by Dave Davis in which he asks the question, why change the tactics, in which he makes the observation that it's not a day for starting the front three. And also, fair play, sometimes shit happens. Now, the article itself is based on the show that he did with Phil Barter from the Under Pressure pod. And so an awful lot of the info is going to be filtered through the scientific and analytical prism that Phil brings to all his work for Anfield Index at Anfield Index Pro. And therefore, with uh, him in situ there, it's got to be worth a read. Recommend that one for sure. And is there anything else new on our website? Well, there's a post-mortem as well of Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 0, if you want to do that to yourself. And that is by Stephen Smith as well. Um, maybe it's not a bad idea to read something like that before ahead of tomorrow so we can either have a little bit of perspective or maybe the potential for some wild contrast. Now, I uh, gotta bring you all the way over to News Now because on News Now, we have some wildly interesting stories here for you. No doubt, we always do. Uh, we'll start off with Liverpool. Oh no, I'm not even going to read that one. Liverpool lead to seal 50 million signing. We know what that is already. Let's see what this one is. World-class player who called Liverpool his dream club is now unlikely to join in blow for Klopp. This is by Chris Byfield on Sport Bible. All right. <laughs> RB Leipzig centre-back, Jasko Gvardiol 
is unlikely to join Liverpool in the summer, according to a fresh report. Oh, it's a fresh report. That's all right, then. That gives it added gravitas. The Reds already have one eye on the transfer window, having endured a tumultuous season, uh, says our pal Chris here. Uh, plagued by poor form and injury problems, Klopp's men are in sixth, blah, blah, blah. In turn, Klopp has been tipped to lead a squad overhaul in the summer, with the club having been linked to the likes of Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount and Vardial. However, they may struggle in the pursuit of the latter. Okay, let's get to it at some point. According to The Athletic, Liverpool's recruitment team admire Vardial, but the club are unlikely to sign the Croatian this summer. Yeah, this is, uh, it's hard enough to take this kind of um, over and back, will they, won't they stuff, isn't it? Because there's nothing of nothing here by way of proof or definitive statement or source or anything. I'm not having to go Chris here. I'm just saying that this is the nature of these articles for now. And if we take it down to the bottom where there's actually some positive stuff, um, it, the quote, Gvardiol, uh, having claimed talking to TV channel RTL Danas back in January, my dream club, he says, that would definitely be Liverpool. Since I was little, I watched a lot of their matches with my dad. We covered every season in detail. It is a club that has remained in my heart. I am going to go with that as the takeaway from this piece by Chris. And I'm going to move on to the next one, which is Liverpool transfers. We love these. Giant six foot four midfielder no longer wants Anfield move. Who is the six foot four midfielder? I wonder. I guarantee you, if this was young Hendrik, he'd have at least 17 suggestions for you before he clicks on the page. I have none, so I'm going to click on the page. And it's Mainz midfielder Anton Stack. I presume that's how you pronounce it, has no plans to join Liverpool during this summer transfer window. That's according to Sky Germany reporter Florian Plettenberg uh, on Twitter. He says Stack was linked to the LFC, but we understand it's not hot, he wrote. That's good stuff there, Florian. But Mainz boss Heidel, he's a very good friend of Klopp. Stack has other plans for the summer transfer window. Okay. Whatever. I can't say I was getting all excited about said footballer. So, yeah. Let's try this one. Liverpool and Manchester City monitor Gavi after Barcelona contract blunder. Do they? Do they monitor Gavi? Do you think? What is the contract blunder? We've, we we kind of know some of the details here. I'll, I'll have a read at this. This is on Metro. Uh, and it would appear to be anonymous. I don't see a name attributed to this, so I can't really tell you who's responsible for it. Just Metro Transfer News reporter. Right, lad, I can be as ruthless as I like with you. Liverpool and Manchester City are monitoring Gavi's situation at Barcelona as the 18-year-old could become available on a free transfer this summer, according to reports. Barcelona agreed a new long-term contract, which includes €1 billion release clause or 883 million pounds uh, with Gabby in September but La Liga attempted to block the deal as it claimed that Barca are unable to afford the midfielders 8 million euros a year salary <laughs> what an absolute shit show they are really 
Barcelona were given a temporary court ruling so that Gavi could be registered, but the Spanish club now have been accused of missing the deadline to file a lawsuit against La Liga's initial decision. Barcelona are able to submit an appeal, but as things stand, Gavi will go back to his juvenile A contract, which means he will be available to sign as a free agent until his registration is given the green light. And according to the Times, both Liverpool and City are keeping tabs on Gabby's situation. Look, he's a fantastic 18-year-old talent. You'd be delighted to be thinking about uh, the likes of that footballer coming to Liverpool, but this all has uh, a lot of vagueness attached to it, way too much so for my liking. So I am going to call a degree of bullshit on that one. What have we got here? Liverpool Rock by Ellis, all we know what that is. Uh, £140,000 per week star is ruled out of the Madrid clash. That's tremendous shekels that lad's on. Fair play to him. Uh, I wouldn't mind a week it out myself. Let's see, what else have we got here? Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. I love these. Right, this is from the boot room. Liverpool now reportedly are really keen to sign a player who is just quotes, not normal. Oh man, I can't wait to see what this is. Under what way is he not normal? Has he got an extra left foot or perhaps two heads? What's this here? There we go. Oh, it's Gavi again. Gavi's not normal apparently, lads. Let's just see why. Liverpool have been linked with a move for Barcelona star Gavi this week. This is, like I said, the boot room and specifically Milo Clay. Uh, Gavi is a player who former Spain boss Luis Enrique says is just not normal okay so that is the whole gist of it it's the same story except with the Luis Enrique quote and here it is in a little bit more detail for your delectation it's not normal that he plays like that 17 at the time he's a player with a personality enviable physical conditions and he plays our style of football he spoke to ESPN and said that back in October 2021 he plays like he's at school or in his garden at home he said quote it's a pleasure to have a player with that quality and character with us we can say he's the national team's present not just the future glowing praise indeed I think you'll agree and most people who've seen him will uh, possibly row in with a similar opinion, I'd imagine, on Mr. Gavi. Now, I just wanted to finish with uh, a story that I noticed. It, this is just purely for the shits and giggles aspect of it. Um, we saw quotes from Rio Ferdinand referring to the small club mentality of Liverpool because his argument was, you know, you know, you beat United, uh, and I think he had the decency to say, oh, they did, they, they thrashed us or whatever his phrasing was. But he says that that's to, to go and lose to Bournemouth. He says that quote, that is a small club mentality that screams small club. And he goes on about later on how they're screaming and shouting when they beat United. Uh, yes, they battered us hands up, he says. Now, I saw this story first, I think, on liverpool.com. And I was very taken by something at the end of it. It's written by Emmett Gates, this article. 
And it's the headline is Jamie Carragher accepts Rio Ferdinand's explanation for Liverpool's small club remark. And I'm just going to leave you with my thoughts on this today because after the United match, I know an awful lot of people got great crack out of it. I know that by talking to the people I work with. I found all of that stuff between Neville and Carragher. Increasingly, I found it, but especially during that um, particular game, I found it just to be, it's just fan zone stuff. And as a result, I think it's a little bit tedious considering what they're there to do. I understand banter. There should be that stuff there and it brings a nice little edge to it. But I'm talking there of the likes which you might see between Roy Keane and Graham Souness. But the lads just take it a bit far and no one is going to clown it up more than Rio Ferdinand when he gets an opportunity. And, you know, he's winding up Liverpool fans with that kind of comment. He's doing it on some sort of a podcast uh, or video podcast or something like that. And at the end of it, you know, and then it, they're in this article, the lad's quoting what Carragher responds with and the emojis that he sends. And I'm just going, oh my God, it really is this what 2023 is about by way of football discourse and all discourse. And then they finish by saying, well, to be fair, you know, you don't say to be fair, but to say Car- Carragher himself antagonized Manchester United fans by drinking a can of 7-Up while on duty for CBS Sports while referencing the 7-0 scoreline. And this is the bit that took me. It's a little editorial comment at the end. Liverpool.com says, While criticism of Liverpool in the wake of Bournemouth defeat is justified, no one should really take Ferdinand's comments about Liverpool being a small club seriously. It was clearly a tongue-in-cheek remark designed to get Carragher to bite back all fun and games and part of being a football fan. Is it? Is it? And is it part of being a professional football pundit, being paid an awful lot of money to do the job that you're supposed to do? Uh, look, I understand tribalism better than anybody. I really do. I'm Irish, but I don't really, I can't, I can't understand why they're going out of their way to uh, defend Ferdinand for being as imbecilic and idiotic and juvenile as Jamie Carragher was or as Gary Neville was or as perhaps even Big Sue got pulled into it a bit, I think. Uh, and it just all felt quite puerile, quite infantile. And I do, it's not that I don't enjoy the crack, I do. I just, I, I, I don't see it anymore as anything other than vaguely irritating most of the time. I don't know, does it really do anything for anybody? So I'm just taking it back at Liverpool.com, going out of their way there editorially to, uh, defend Rio Ferdinand of all people Rio Ferdinand have we not enough evidence accumulated that he is one of the biggest shit talkers of all anyway who the hell am I to cast aspersions on good old Rio and good old Liverpool.com listen I'm going to wrap it up there and leave you to it I hope by the time you're listening to this you are sort of some way calm ahead of Liverpool versus Real Madrid. And I hope when we come out the far end of it, and I'm speaking to you next on Raw, we'll be talking about something that isn't too uncomfortable. And maybe, maybe even something wonderful. 
Do I even believe what I'm saying as I speak to you? I'm not sure I do, folks, but I'm going to leave you there. I've been Trev Downey in for Dave Hendrick on his lovely show, The Daily Red. He'll be back with you tomorrow or the next day or very soon. We'll both be back with you on Raw later. So until then, take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.